All right. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hello, everyone. Happy holidays. Welcome to the ITCAST Real Talk on Sex. I am your host, Nika Shirell. The ITCAST is our community outreach podcast that aims to increase diversity in conversations on health and sexuality. Through this work, we are creating a world where all people feel loved, honored, and respected. Join us. Uh, join us this weekend for the Enlightened Consent Summit. Uh, you can visit and learn more at EnlightenedConsentSummit.com. I will be speaking on Sunday. Please join us um, and support the ITCAST and all of the work we do by going to the ITCAST.com and subscribe to this YouTube channel and share with your community. This week's topic is Real Talk on Body Love. Today in the booth, we have Luba Venable. Luba Venable is a coach, trainer, and public speaker. Through her, through her open and vulnerable speaking style, Luba leaves audiences inspired, open to honesty, and interested in new possibilities. Luba, please join us on the show. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so excited to be here. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So um, before we begin, please tell us a little bit about yourself and why you chose to do the show. Yay. Um, my name is Luba and you can hear my accent. Um, so originally I'm from Ukraine. Um, I grew up um, uh, in the post-Soviet Union. Um, I moved to US six years ago. Um, I have been in California most of this time. Um, I have uh, my amazing husband. We've been together six years uh, and my little cutie pie, four-year-old son. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, um, like for a while, I, I've been um, technical manager, quality assurance engineer, and then like two years ago, I had this realization that sex education is such a passion for me that mm -hmm. as I realized it, I quit my job and I just went full on <laughs> taking trainings, leading courses. And here I am on this podcast that is covering my most favorite, to most favorite topic. Yes. Oh my God. And I love that. Like, you're just like, I have to do this. I'm passionate about it. Dive in, dive in because like, this world, it needs so many more people who are willing to talk about sex, willing to talk about sexuality. And it's so healing. So like, and, and we get into this for passion. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like why else would you do this? Because I'm so passionate about it that when I start talking about sexuality, I can't stop. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So, all right. So let's start with what is body love? Um, <laughs> what is body love? I have, I have course, I have eight weeks course for women um, where it's, uh, there is something that when women only gather together, like more openness and feeling more safe and where we explore the body image, you know, just in general, um, like what stops us? Like why we, why, why we have these judgments about bodies? And mm. I would go to like room of 60 people and the question, raise your hand if you ever judged your body, every hand goes up, like every hand. Yes, yes, right? And it's like, it doesn't matter how we look, like every single person, especially women, we judge body. And then what is interesting that 
the more we can accept and love body, the more we can enjoy sex. There is co correlation. Yeah. And that makes sense, right? Because when I'm self-conscious and then I'm with a partner, right? Like I will be just like, oh my God. Like, Can't get right? out of head. Like <laughs> Yeah, but then like when I accept my body for whatever it is, like, you know, it doesn't matter how I look. When I accept it and I love it. And then when I go in sexual interaction, I am just bringing my body to play. Oh, <laughs> yes. And like when you get out of your head, and you get out of the things you're holding on to you can feel what's happening in the body you can be more connected to it um yeah. I, I and I get like yes those spaces like like for women they're created very very safely men only spaces are very safe for the male presence and then there are spaces that are like special for us whatever sexuality or gender we choose um as long as you connect energetically with them yeah um on the topic of, sorry. <laughs> On the no, 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 but, but, but before you go there, I wanted to add that like the body image is just like what, what people see and like how we present and how we feel about it. But then as well, we go into genitals and like, you know, like really um, creating that connection that like given a name, uh, start like, talking to her or them like or he like you know whatever whatever they identify <laughs> yeah I was gonna share actually so I did a tantra course I'm in a five-week oh. tantra series and this past weekend we actually got to look at our genitals like I got to look at my pussy like that happened and the weird part is like I was judgmental mm. like it was an immediate like conversation around that and I was like I don't actually judge anyone else's body why am I judging my own yeah 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 and and going like right there you know like as we talk about genitals about pussies <laughs> like I till certain time I never looked at my pussy but then somehow I thought that she she looks terrible mm -hmm. so when partner goes down on me I'm like oh my god they're seeing that you know and like how can I enjoy sex when I'm like so ashamed of how my pussy looks right and then doing all this work I remember just like taking pictures for my lover you know and I see how my labia minora very long and I've been so subconscious about that because it's like it's called labia minora it has to be small lips and then labia majora is bigger right right but, so they say <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but my labia minora is so big that I noticed it looks like bunny ears and I started calling her miss bunny that how about instead of judging that I just adore that and so now I know her as Miss Bunny and so you know my husband calls her that and uh, like here we are <laughs> oh my god okay well I have to talk I have to talk to it a lot more often hi <laughs> yeah let's take a moment and connect to our genitals everybody <laughs> yes <laughs> um yeah I'll have to hear from her what her name is or them, they, all that. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's incredibly important. And I think about like, it's not just our like genitals and that is hugely important, but it's like the whole, the whole experience of the body. Like I, I, I don't, I don't care actually, <laughs> but the concept of like being overweight, you know, the concept of, um, 
Oh God, there's so many. I, I'm not even going to go into that whole list, but like, there are so many ways in which we can judge ourselves and keep ourselves from really tapping into the experience, like to be able to relate to someone. Um, so yeah, I think this is this is huge. This is huge, huge. Thank yeah, 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 yeah. And and as you're talking about this, that like one of the exercises we do in the course, in the body love course, that like thinking of a body part that I like I don't like, something like the body part that I like the, the, the least, like, like I don't like. And what is the story? Because we are not born with this idea that, like, oh, I don't like. Um, for me, my breasts are small. And that has been, you know, like for a while, like most of my life, just like feeling so self-conscious. And when I look in my past, like, oh, my mom started, as I get my puberty, my mom started commenting, oh, so bad you didn't inherit my breast because her, her, her boobs are big, you know? Oh, so bad, you you know? And then I go more and like my, my guy friends will be like, oh, that woman is so hot. She has big boobs. And I'm like, oh, and I'm not hot, like something wrong with me, you know? Um, but then like just finding that, and trying to dissociate that like, oh, what is that story is a bullshit? Just to give it like, what if it's a bullshit? And what if my breasts, like the size they are, they just, you know, great. Um, and so I went through this experience that I got pregnant mm -hmm. and my breasts grew in size. And when I was breastfeeding, they especially, they look like implants. And I went through this whole like, oh my God, I love them. And then my baby, the moment my baby sees me naked, she just like, oh, like, like he wanted it so much. And so I went through that experience. Now they're back. Like I'm not breastfeeding anymore. They're small again but something shifted. So I'm going through that experience, you know, I love them and now I feel them more. My nipples are more sensitive mm -hmm. because I don't neglect them. I, I love them. And if someone doesn't enjoy them, they can, you know, go away. <laughs> yep. These are yep. my breasts and I love them. Yes, <laughs> I love that. That's, and then what I'm hearing is like, you went through this space of like not feeling, not being good enough. And then you had the experience with your breast that allowed you to connect with them, to feel them and like their energy. And now you, you have a relationship with that part of your body. I, oh, I love that. That's mm -hmm. real. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I have to care. So I had that experience with my hair actually. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's one of the areas where I'm like, is that like, that's a part of the body. It's a part of the body. It's one of the first oh, yeah. things that people notice and recognize about you. So growing up as a child, I was often told, like, I would always get the story of like, oh, they have good hair, but I never got that conversation about myself. And I was always, I, I was always around people who were like changing themselves to look this particular way. And, and I did that too. And then at a certain point I was like, I'm going to have my natural hair. I'm going to actually experience what my natural hair is like. And I didn't get to learn that until I was like 13. And it was, it was really beautiful. I went through locks. I went through having a fro. It was adorable. And now the really funny part is like, I shaved my head and I was like, this is the best thing ever. I love my hair. I love it when someone like rubs my head when it's shaved. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, like, and, and it's not even like, I love the texture of it. I'm like, maybe I'll grow it out. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. But it's a, it's a one day at a time relationship. And I now get to appreciate that part of my body. Oh 
my god yes and as you're talking about your hair like you know like your head I feel like I want to reach out I want to touch and, <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's area for kisses like you have more area where you feel kisses right it just like my scalp kissed <laughs> <laughs> yes I bet it will feel amazing for receiver and for the giver oh yes okay done (laughs) (laughs) so um okay so talking about this like the parts we don't connect with um one of the things we brought up was uh like worshiping like that whole conversation and I'm curious to see like god there's so many angles on this I would love for you to share a little bit about like what that makes available Mm. so uh that like when you talk about worshiping i go immediately into worshiping genitals <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> because as we are growing up um like we learn these are cheeks nose forehead chin somehow we ignore breasts yeah ears ears are fine but then like no name in breasts no name in genitals right like just oh don't look don't name it's down there okay so I had sex education as a kid and there were good touches and bad touches and there were good parts and bad parts Oh my God, it even goes in the bed. See, I haven't heard about that, but it's kind of, it's ingrained, right? So it becomes like neglected, something negative. So, and again, like, but, but it's area that has so much pleasure, right? But then there is a challenge to feel that pleasure because we learned to neglect it and to know it as bad or something negative. So now to like what I mentioned, like coming up with name and talking, but how about like, bringing that part like the pussy or cock bringing on a pedestal you know and like really worshiping because in Indian um some religions I think it's Hindu when you go to ashram there is like there is a statue of genitals of like Shiva Lingam that there is a big like penis and there are flowers around and they're worshiping the part of the body which is like so powerful and amazing right yeah. and so in this um in in the course that I teach um sexuality and spirituality I have the whole visualization of like seeing the genitals and like worshiping just really like how we do it in churches right like getting on your knees like really having tears of like how beautiful this is yeah and then realizing that i have it in my body (laughs) and and we can do it to our partners like to just worship the genitals and then Mm, i love that that's so real and like there's often in the realm of religion and spirituality this disconnect from sexuality all like all in all and um when we did the global sexual health and freedom summit uh, about a month or so we had someone speaking about like religious trauma and where sexuality shows up in the bible and it was amazing I, it, like we went over like where they talked about oral sex where they talked about worshiping the genitals where it was like like this is an okay part of our being but it doesn't get highlighted yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. And depending which religion, because right. in Christianity, for example, it's just like anything genitals, anything like sexual related doesn't exist. It's yeah, just and that like was only make much. babies. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, like talking about um in Hindu and like that whole conversation, there are cultures all around the world who worship genitals and stash sculptures of genitals and all that conversation. And it does something like it actually is doing something for me right now to even think about like, what's it like to worship the parts of myself, my body that yeah. have these negative stories? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as we are talking, I'm thinking of this, that like there are times when I interact with my partner and then um, so my partner has penis. And there is this time of like, okay, I want to spend time with his penis. And then I get into this, like the worshiping aspect, you know, that I just like, I just, I will look for some time. I just really like, you know, to just be grateful that I can be in the presence of this powerful organ, you know, like, like it can create a baby. And then just like to kiss it gently, to just hold in my arms and feel like, you know, this, like the energy, the tickling, to the point that I will have tears, you know? And like, when I have the time, like the time flies, like I, have, I can spend one hour and then I hear from my partner that that was like the best blowjob ever. <laughs> because, because it makes sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, and you're connected energetically, the whole conversation about worshiping, like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and like, I don't have to go to church. I can do it at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I, I totally forgot what I was about to say, but that was amazing. It's <laughs> a good sign. That means that we are going so deep. <laughs> right. You said best blowjob ever, and I was like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And, and then like while you're like thinking of the question that um like I was in a workshop where it was women and that like at some point we created a circle and every woman was showing her pussy her yoni her like you know her vulva yeah. yeah and like just there was this like the moment of honoring that I go around the circle and I look I stop at every pussy and I bow her and I look at her and I admire her beauty I noticed they're so different, you know, and each of them so unique, so beautiful. It's like pieces of art. And then I noticed you can't tell age, like the pussy doesn't age, like on genitals, like women were all ages. Like you can't tell age unless there is hair and you see the hair right. Is gray, right? right. But like the, the tissue, it doesn't age. How how amazing it is wow that's incredible that's incredible um what i what i remembered earlier is like some of the best sex i've ever had is when i'm being grateful like i'm being grateful for my partner i'm being grateful for the moment the experience just like all this gratitude and i'm like that like that's what i hear in that space of worshiping it's like to be grateful to have these parts to have this moment this experience and this connection with someone Oh, exactly. Yes. Yes. So that sex is not rubbing genitals. Like right. that's, <laughs> that's just an okay sex. That's like casual, right? Like let's talk about rubbing genitals. 
<laughs> what exactly would you like to talk about? <laughs> okay, so you said it's like, it's not necessarily the best sex, you know, which is kind of like, hey, let's come together, do our thing, depart. And that could even be in relationships. Like it's not, it's not just about whether you meet someone one time or you're in a marriage where it's just like, all right, we're doing the thing now. You know, yeah. like this is a chore. Um, and so one of the things we talked about was like not being ready and kind of like what that, like how to improve that actual experience around sexuality and yeah, that part. So yeah, 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 yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> that um, no one taught me like for, a, for most of my life, I didn't realize difference between sex and intimacy. I mm. thought it's the same. And a lot of people, even today, I hear that like intimacy is considered sex. And so I would go have sex with someone and thinking that I will get intimacy, but it's not necessarily common with sex, right? And now just like learning to separate the two, that I can be intimate with someone, just like when I can be my true self, just so open, I can be in tears, like just very raw, very vulnerable. I feel like I'm being intimate with you right now. <laughs> and it it's like, it doesn't have to be sexual. Like there is no aspect of sexuality, but then when we bring sex, and sex and intimacy, when they bring them together, it can be very juicy and very connecting. Um, and so a lot of times as I, being a woman, as, as I work with women a lot, that it takes longer, not for everyone, but for a lot of women, it takes longer to warm up, to have like, you know, to feel turned on, to feel hungry, like you know to have something go inside and a lot of times we are not waiting like we're not getting to that point and we have dildo penis fingers anything inside too soon just too soon and this is how like vagina because our bodies are very smart vagina learns to numb because not to feel pain it's very smart to numb and then like you know when that happens you know it's just i can handle it right and then it's like, well, why can't I come? Because my vagina is numb. And like, nah. exactly. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And it's, <laughs> with vibrators, with anything, it can happen. So exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is like, this is the work that, you know, like for people who want to uh, awaken their vaginas and to just, you know, to bring sensitivity it's very important to again, to just like arrive into, okay, like maybe some, some emotions are stored there, right? Like, and like trauma can be stored there to just have that connection that I'm not going to expose you, like my, my vagina, my vulva to anything before you're ready. Yeah. Like the, the ground rule for satisfied sex, like not spreading your legs unless you're really ready, you know? And just like, to have that, to promise it to her and then like to keep on that promise and like that to wait. For me, it takes 40 minutes, you know? And uh, in the past I felt like, oh, maybe I'm not like sexual or something wrong with me. Today, mm -hmm. I know that this is like, it takes for me and 
my partner has to know that, you know, and like, just I need like some uh, warm up and this um, like foreplay before I feel that like my Miss Bunny, my pussy is just so hungry that she can't wait. And then I allow things to go inside her. So yeah, that's one aspect. And another aspect, exercising. Exercising with Yoni egg, PC muscle exercises that like this is the muscle that when we go to gym or we walk, it doesn't get to be exercised. So it becomes atrophy over time. So just to bring some like time and exercise and especially exercising before sex, like before something goes inside that all the blood goes there, like the, the, yeah. the sensation and then it feels like so much. Yeah, and, and to you know expand on that, the PC muscles, like the pelvic floor, it's great for things going in, it's great for things coming out and, for anybody who doesn't know how to activate that, like that's literally like, hold your pee. Whether you have to pee or not, just kind of hold it and just flex mm-hmm. the muscles. Um, it's a great practice. Yes. It is a great it practice. Is. It is, um, yep. One of the other things you said is like, not feeling like you're sexual because you're not fully aroused. I know a lot of people who like, and, and this is no, no like knock on people who are asexual, but I know a lot of people who like have like are that and then they discover like what works for them. And I think that's really beautiful, actually, because it's like I don't want too much too fast. But that doesn't mean that that like that you could never come around to understanding your body and what works and maybe nothing works. Um, mm-hmm. The last thing, the vagina it's like the penis. <laughs> like it can't, it, unless it's hard, it shouldn't, it's not going to go in. And unless the vagina is like aroused and ready and wet, I like, it should not necessarily be penetrated. So exactly. Yeah. And, and it's easy because like when penis is not erect, just not hard, right. Can't right. go inside. But, but then with vagina, when she's not erect, like we put sins there because like, physically we can do it and that's like that's not fair let's not do it people yes yes the vagina gets erect (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. and and how you say that like not feeling sexual like there is there are scenes to look at that um I look at it you know um there is like feeling like turned on for sex it correlates with feeling turned on for life you know that right so when I'm not feeling sexual it actually it's a barometer it helps me to look like hey what is going on in your life and then I see oh I have been stressed like for the last like three weeks I'm so stressed like and then I just pause and look at what is like what has to change like what is happening what am I doing to myself or with my partner, like something like there is like a wall between us, like the intimacy gone somewhere, like I start resisting my partner. So mm. there is like be, being like turned on, um, it actually tells us like, because when I am relaxed, happy in a loving relationship, most likely I will feel, you know, just erotic yeah. and turned on. And like, there's that concept of like, you know, when you get into a relationship, all of a sudden everybody wants you. And it's like, well, like you're feeling yourself and you're good. And so then you become lit up and full of life and expressive and all these things. Um, And so that makes perfect sense. And it 
doesn't have like it doesn't have to be inside of a relationship but yeah sexuality is tied to life experience yeah. um yeah. I got uh, so in the Tantra course, I got this reading where we like did this exercise and we um, we connected with our genitals in this way that was, um, oh, it was like understanding for me specifically that like my sexuality is deeply tied with my success in life. And like, oh. yeah. It was such an interesting thing. And it's like, when I'm not allowing myself to like flow sexually, my success is stagnated. It's like, and, and I got that recently. I was like, oh, this is why things are starting to like move up and look great because I am having a different relationship with my sexuality. Oh my God. I can so relate to that. Yes, 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 yes. And, and a lot of times, like how people like making decisions in life, like we can be in the brain and try to be logical we can like people listen to heart or listen to your gut a lot of times I listen to my pussy you know like she's being this GPS and she can like like when I'm <laughs> yeah, 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 like <laughs> people listening cannot see my I see, I right see now. it's landing on you Nika that like um, just like, you know, like, do I want to accept that offer? Do I like this person? Not even for sexual, like as a friend, like, do I want to buy this chocolate? Like when she's like tingling and, you know, I feel she's awake, like, yes, go for it. Like there is like awakening that part. It just helps to, to find the right sense in life, you know? Yes. I love that. I love that. Um, oh, so we talked about trauma and like there, there's a lot in terms of like healing and moving through those spaces, um, so that this type of thing can happen. Are there ways that you actually work with the trauma and like, oh yeah. So, so it, um, you know, like uh, it depends, like there are different levels of trauma, right. Uh, and, uh, um, a lot of times like people might be thinking, oh, I have this deep trauma, but then when we are working, it's actually, it can be resolved very, um, you know, like it's like on the surface, it just like some meditation, some just tapping in, it can be resolved. Mm -hmm. So when there is like, when I identify that there is a trauma that needs therapy, then I send person for the therapy and I have tools to identify it. But a lot of times, like we have this class of healing sexual past and like, you know, something that we had, our first sex experience, how we heard about sex, mm -hmm. our previous partner, those experiences affect how we feel about sexuality today. And just having visualization and like letting them go for a lot of people that can be it, you know, that that's enough to move forward. As well, again, like connecting as we do this meditations, visualizations, connecting with your genitals, like emotions popping up and like a lot of memories stored in our just touching, opening of vagina can bring so much. And then we process them and it's a beautiful healing, you know, healing process. I just got, when you said like touching, like touching your vagina, it's like touching with love, not with like arousal or like, cause we can be sexual and not intimate with ourselves. And that's something that like, I don't think people are present to. So like touching it from a place of love and intimacy and like care versus. Yeah. 
yeah, 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 that. And then when we touch with love and care and something is stored there, it feels safe to be released, you know? <laughs> like to wow. add to this, like majority of women have clitoral orgasm only. And then vaginal, like before you get to orgasm, like the G-spot or like any vaginal orgasm, like those, whatever is stored there has to be released first, you know, to just, to create the safety that then, then vagina can orgasm after she released everything she's carrying there. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. more deeply, possibly more frequently. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I had this experience like when my like inside, like my vagina was touched in this like very safe environment with my husband. We were doing a Tantra exercise and I have been speaking English like every day. And even I see dreams in English, you know, I switched from like Russian to English, but then something came up that I started screaming in Russian how how fascinating is that wow. that something from the times when i lived in my body with russian language and that came up and like wow <laughs> that's amazing how everything is you know related yeah. can i ask like what mm -hmm. was your experience with sexuality growing up in russia oh <laughs> so how they say that in Soviet, I was till six years old, I lived in Soviet Union and sex didn't exist in Soviet Union, like mm -hmm. literally, like my friends of my mom would proudly say that I, my husband never seen me naked and they have three kids, you know, so somehow they created kids, but that the whole sexual aspect wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And so... I, I kept my virginity till I turned like 22 years old, you know, I was just like holding it, keeping it for the right person. Um, and then like when I met the right person, like our first experience was just terrible because mm -hmm. it was like, we didn't know how to do it. Like it's already till 22 years old, like so many stories like right. stored there, you know? Um, and then I like ended up marrying that person and uh, like I didn't want to have sex like like every time like he would approach me um, I didn't want it but I would go for it as a good wife right and so I never been raped but every time when people talk about rape I have tears and emotions because I feel like I agreed to be raped in a way, you know, like yeah. I, I had consent, but it wasn't what my body wanted. Right. And that type of experience, when I talk to my mom, she's like, oh, my experience is similar. So it's like, you know, sex doesn't exist, but then it's like somehow hidden and it's all awkward. Yeah, no, that's absolutely real. And one of the things about consent is like, we have to acknowledge other people's boundaries, but we also have to acknowledge our own. Yeah. And I am a firm believer that we have not finished fully defining what rape is. Like there's this concept of assault rape. There's this concept of date rape. There's, and then there's this concept of marital rape. And we don't talk about all of those different elements of it. Like what would take away someone's consent without verbal communication? Yeah. You know, it's like as a partner, if you see your partner's not exactly like enthused, Perhaps that's a sign to stop. 
and check in. Yeah, 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 definitely. And and like communication is such a lubrication, right? To just to talk about the sins because there is another aspect that um, I have part of me that it's very hot when someone crosses my boundaries, but I have to be in that play, you know? Like, I don't want someone to come and cross my boundaries. Like, I want... I want my partner that we playful and like, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. But then he crosses, right? And it's very hot for me, but it has to be in a safe environment. Right. And yeah. that's about agreement. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you can do anything you want to with agreement, as long as both parties or sorry, all parties, not just two. <laughs> <laughs> all parties, everyone yes. who participates, yes. <laughs> are informed and in agreement, you know, and then there's, you know, there's no end to what can happen there. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, that's important. That communication element. Yeah, yeah. And Nika, you touched on boundaries. That's like, that's the whole different topic, which is just so gentle, because um, for a lot of people, it's difficult to set a boundary. Mm -hmm. So when I work with women, it's like they almost they don't want to look sexy. Because when you go out there and you look sexy and then like you have to set a boundary when people approach you, right? So it's so much easier to like not look sexy, to kind of like cover yourself. And it's like, that sucks, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what if I want to go through the world with my feeling like, like the sexuality flowing out of me? And when people approach me to just like be confidence saying like oh no thank you yes you have good taste but no thank you (laughs) yes (laughs) right (laughs) thank you I'm honored and no (laughs) yeah and it requires work to be able to set those boundaries because like we are afraid to hurt a person or it's like oof it's too much or to like make make it awkward like there's there's a lot there's a lot and when you let that like one boundary slide it's a slippery slope you know, mm-hmm. like whatever, whatever the boundary is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so, okay. So I'm so, so I'm like, I'm, I'm on the conversation around um, allowing, allowing yourself to be loved, like allowing yourself to orgasm, allowing yourself to, to be in that communication and like your genitals are communicating with each other, just like you would communicate Mm -hmm. verbally with someone else. Um, Yeah. And to have partners who support you in that, that if partner doesn't hear your boundaries mm -hmm. or, you know, like not being respectful, just send them their way. Like there are people who very, you know, like who are honoring, like who, when they hear boundary, they just like, they're so grateful. Thank you for speaking, you know? And like, if, if you don't have that person in your life, they, they out there, like, you know? And can I just say that is the appropriate response when someone sets a boundary? Like, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I got it. And allow it to be, allow it to land. Um, you're right. Boundaries is a whole other conversation. And I can tell, I'm like, oh, do we have to go there? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. it can be the whole class on boundaries. Like yeah. there are so many aspects of like that, how we can say it, we can say it harshly, 
because we are triggered. But if you say it soon in the process, we can say it lovingly. Right, right. You know, like, like my four-year-old, this morning he told me, get out of here. And this is his boundary, but it hurts, right? Like, uh, I'm like, okay, I, I have to teach him how he could say it nicer. Right. And a lot of people, they like 30, 40, 50, whatever age, and they still, still say it in a harsh way. And right. then it hurts. So it's like the both sides, like there is work to be done with boundaries. Absolutely. And one of the things you brought up with speaking of your son is that, you know, like when a child wants to set boundaries and you don't allow them to, it takes away their agency. And that kind of thing will last into adulthood. Like, I don't have the right to say no. I don't have the right to choose. I don't have the right to be heard. What I think doesn't matter. And so that perpetuates those cycles where if you don't have agency and autonomy, you can't actually consent to anything. Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of times as adults, we have to learn it. Yep. Right? <laughs> How cool that would be to learn it when you're a child. And I grew up not knowing that boundaries exist. Like I learned about boundaries when I was 30. You know, mm -hmm. I lived my life through not knowing about boundaries. And then someone will say like, oh, can I give you a massage? And I'm like, yes. And then they accidentally touch my genitals. Mm. And I freeze because I don't know what to do. Like, am I making it up? Like, do I just stand up and run away? Like, what do I do if I only knew about boundaries at that time? Right. And it, and like in those scenarios, boundaries are hard, fast or non-existent. And when you start to develop them, it for me, it was like anytime somebody crossed my boundary it was like guillotine. <laughs> like, I didn't have boundaries before. Now I have all the boundaries possible. <laughs> <laughs> and as you work on that like it does it it softens it lightens up the me heart melts a little bit and you're like okay I can just you know I don't have to use a, a brick wall or a chopping block I I can build a fence trees mm -hmm. can yeah. work through that fence you know yeah. we can talk yeah, through yeah. that fence yeah yeah and now as, as you're talking like uh, we a lot of times we assume that people like people have to know that like if someone crosses my boundary, they're an asshole. Mm -hmm. But what if they just like boundaries are different for someone like, like I asked my husband when we started dating his boundaries, he said face. He doesn't like his face touched. Like I would never thought about it. Like I touch face like the first scene, you know, I love touching faces and I love my face to be touched. So it just, we are all different and it's our work. It's our job to tell boundaries right. to people as early as possible and yeah. in a loving way. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And it's so easy to like end up in a place where we, like people, like we expect people to assume or know what our boundaries are. Yeah. And like, we don't know what our boundaries are often. Like when we're doing that, it's like, well, you should know, I should know what. <laughs> that you're upset? I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like no one wants that to be done to, to to themselves and then like you will be surprised what people want to be done to them like we are all different right like we have different fantasies desires boundaries yeah and our bodies are all different you know mm -hmm. they're all different sensitivity different yeah um okay so we are we're in the holiday season the holidays the festivities are happening <laughs> 
<laughs> and one of the questions I'm asking all the guests is, what do you want for Christmas? Mm. <laughs> so um, that when I'm thinking of materialistic stuff, I would love a flogger. <laughs> I'm realizing that um, like I, I love playing with kink and I don't like I have other scenes, but I don't have flogger. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, like I want a flogger. <laughs> Yes. And, and and this vlogger, it's like um there are vloggers that it feels this like that intensity of like, oh, I'm whipping someone, but it's not painful for them because mm -hmm. it's like the whole how it's built, right? Right. And like everybody's body is different. So like one of the things I've experienced with vloggers, and they're all very different. Some sting, some tickle, some have impact, like there's all these different things, and your body will tell you what you like. Like, mm, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so uh, this is like, this is the materialistic, but then I have this, I know that Santa is a very powerful being and can do anything. And so I have a dream that one day I would love to speak like this, to talk about sexuality, this Brene Brown and Oprah Winfrey. I see them as a very, powerful women out there and they touch some bold topics mm -hmm. I never heard them touching on sexuality mm -hmm. and I am looking forward to those days when they do talk about sexuality and I want to be part of that conversation yes I, I have to tag on there Ellen which is you know I mean like why why are we not talking more in that context and then um, and, and there are so many others, but I have to say, like, that's part of what we're doing here. Like, I want this conversation to be global and to heal the world and the planet. And we need people who are already in that conversation to actually get that this is also a worthy and necessary conversation that people are not having. Yeah. Are not having. Um, yeah. 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 And, and I want like to step a little bit further in like, there is a lot of shame right? Like that's the reason why we don't talk about sex. And like when I started putting myself out there and like, you know, teaching about it, like so many layers of shame. Like I will teach a class and talk about, you know, like my first sex experience. And then I drive home and I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? Am I okay? You know? And it's just like, um, I believe that when we talk about sexuality openly, like with children, with grandparents, with parents, with like literally everyone, like the rape will disappear, the um, uh, this like um, pedophilia, you know, like yep. any type of molesting, like because when it's not hidden that it's like, oh, it's so charged, yeah. but it's out there and you have tools to enjoy it with consent right yeah absolutely and to take it a step further the conversations around like human trafficking wouldn't be <sighs> happening gender-based violence um these conversations where people are committing suicide because of their sexuality in certain countries certain geographical locations it's not safe the levels of harassment like it is it's so important to get this conversation out there because it really does save lives if we don't yeah. think we're out there dying every day over sexuality, whether it's their own or someone else's, we're not paying attention. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I want to be alive, like when that will happen. <laughs> and it's amazing that there are people like you who are out there, you know, that it's like, it's not a lonely feeling anymore. Like there are many of us, like not super many, but there are people who already bring in the conversation. And then like the next step, what if we are not blocked on uh, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, right? Like when I mention <laughs> pussy, I get blocked. Like what the hell? <laughs> For the record, y'all, this episode might not make it to Facebook because we said a lot of pussy in it. So <laughs> and that happens. The censorship around sexuality is so intense. And it's like, well, they don't censor violence or guns that much or alcohol or cigarettes, racism. But when it comes to sexuality, shut it down. We yeah, can't. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I recorded video. I'm so proud that my, my son knows penis and testicles and butt. And so we recorded video where he's naming his parts and I put it on social media. It got removed immediately because again, there is this fear that like, oh, like the minor involved in sexual conversation. But I believe that if we let stuff like this, just to normalize it, then it will help to not to be afraid of the topic. Right. And we won't have good touches and bad touches and good parts and bad parts. We'll have an understanding of our body and we'll be able to grow into it versus, I mean, there's so much that happens when kids aren't informed, you know, from molestation and rape to childhood sex play, which there's nothing wrong with that. But when we actually aren't teaching our kids what that is and what it means, then it's more likely. So yeah, yeah. So like let's let's hope for that. Like let, let's hold the reason. Yes. In my lifetime. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the best thing to want for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know what? That might help to stop wars too. When people have more sex, more fun, more satisfied, like good quality sex, like enjoy themselves, love their bodies. There is no reason to kill each other that is yeah that's real (laughs) oh okay so you have a class coming up uh sexuality and spirituality would you please share about that yes so i have on tuesday december 14th there is free intro which is one hour and a half and we give a taste of uh, what it is um so i am colleaging it with peter rangel who is like 30 years facilitator at human awareness institute and peter lived in osho ashram and traveled to india and like you know deeply spiritual person and deeply sexual person And that's what we are doing in this class that like we put them together that like what if like when we talk like oh I'm meditating you know like I go to church I'm spiritual person it's okay right Mm -hmm. like you can talk about it what if I start saying oh I'm sexual person that like when people ask how are you doing instead of fine I say I had great sex this morning you know Mm -hmm. or like (laughs) I I just self-pleasured you know I had three orgasms (laughs) so so and then somehow it's separate like you either spiritual and then like there is celibacy like that route or if you're sexual then it's like oh you're dirty so we bring it together that like and 
people in this environment get to decide for themselves. Like we're not telling what is the right scene. We just, we bring exercises and uh, topics to like for people to be in this laboratory and decide for themselves. Like what is spirituality, sexuality in my life and how they connected and what is spiritual sex and stuff like that. Right, that part, oh. You know what's great? You said meditation earlier. We talked about spirituality. And my first thought was, I have a guide that will soon become an audio recording of how to have an orgasm completely without touch. It's a meditation practice and it's really phenomenal. Um, and so like, like that, that is sexual spirituality. It's like you like to get into the body, to connect with that, to connect with source and all the things. And it's completely possible. Um, yeah. 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 Because um, we are magical beings, you know, there is so much possible that we haven't even touched. Yeah. Um, and then I, as a, I was raised Christian and I did not finish my Bible, um, but I, <laughs> someone recently pointed out all these amazing scriptures of like where sexuality is in the Bible, how it's honored, where it falls. There was even this quote um, in the book of Solomon, which was literally about oral sex. And I was like, I had no idea. <laughs> I should have that one on cue ready to share anytime. anytime. Cause it was, it was like that. Yeah. <laughs> They don't highlight that. They don't talk about it as okay and like honorable and respectable to have good sex. They talk about other things in the Bible, but not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I was reading, I was reading a very deep spiritual book and I enjoyed it a lot till the section they mentioned sexuality as like sex addiction, that how like we can go in addictions and they list different addictions, you know, like drugs, this and that and sex. And I was like, okay, it might be an addiction, but what if it's not? Like, why you don't talk about how sex can be so healthy and so connecting and a path to God, if you will? Yes, yes. And like, and, and that's one of those things where it's like, we can we really be addicted to something we need to survive? Mm. Like you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and sex is one of the base needs as humanity like it's literally a need so when we talk about like food addiction and like that's kind of like saying water addiction or air addiction like yes we can use these things to like fill needs in ourselves but also like we shouldn't put that stigma on it because these are things we need to survive yes oh wisdom wisdom such a i'm just oh as you're speaking my whole body is just like yes yes. (laughs) this is intimacy (laughs) y'all and we are miles away from each other (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh Oh. awesome luba is there anything you'd like to share before we wrap up today It just, you know, like this, the invitation that like to, um, to look at sex as something just so positive and innocent and beautiful. And just like talking about it and like gifting a vibrator for your 
sister, brother, or mom, you know, I gifted last Christmas vibrator to my mom. Just like, like asking the friend how they're doing with sexuality, just, just normalizing it. Like if I talk about sexuality, it doesn't mean I will have sex with that person, right? Mm. Just like, uh, let's bring, like, let's not be ashamed of it. Let's bring it out there. It's beautiful. Sexuality is just so, so, can be so beautiful and so amazing. Yes, yes. Oh, um, all right. So uh, thank you everyone for joining us today. This is the It Cast Real Talk on Sex, our community outreach podcast that aims to increase diversity in conversations on health and sexuality. We're creating a world where all people feel loved, honored, and respected. On that last note, if you do want to give a vibrator for Christmas, you can head over to our store, triggerhappytoy.com, where you can get all the things you need. <laughs> Uh, support the ItCast and all of the work we do by visiting theitcast.com. Subscribe to this YouTube channel and share with your community. We will be back next year. Oh, no, next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for the great conversation. Mm. Thank you.